Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, to listen to the Biden administration is to not have any idea what's going on in our sovereign airspace. First, it's the usual cover-up. So a couple of people in Montana looked in the sky and saw this Derringer, the communist Chinese spycraft. Moving along at what, 20, 40, 50 miles an hour? I don't know. And not until it, it hit all the major nuclear launch sites and more and moved off the coast of South Carolina did they shoot it down. And, of course, Biden, his usual stupidity and arrogance, said he would do exactly the same thing. That's the problem. That's the problem when you're bought and paid for by the communist regime in communist China. There have been three others since. Two things, and we're not sure what they are, they tell us. Might even be a UFO, according to NORAD. And one over Canada, which apparently Canada doesn't have the jets to shoot down itself. You not find this unbelievable? Well, we're supposed to be monitoring other satellites, spacecraft, hypersonic, supersonic missiles with potential nuclear warheads, the ability to blow out our entire electrical grid. I mean, does this not shock you and concern you? And the mealy mouths who are talking about it, Austin, Kirby, NORAD, I mean, this has me deeply, deeply concerned, is it not you? And it's no big deal, we're told. It is a big deal. Don't let them dumb us down. Don't let them change the standards that were in place before they came into office. All across the board, that's what they do. Oh, don't worry about SAT scores. Well, you know, those are racist anyway. Well, the border's secure. Come on now, we've... We've done, you know, and all that crap. Lloyd Austin today. On the airport tarmac in Brussels today. The Secretary of Defense. Cut five, go. Again, these three events uh, presented a, each of them presented a risk to safety of, of flight. Uh, and we don't know if so they the were... So the absurdity with that is, if they fly them higher, as I said last week, say 60,000 feet, where most commercial flights do not fly, but instead at forty or 30,000 feet, then we'll shoot them out of the sky. Well, what if they're 60,000 feet into the sky? Well, they don't present a commercial threat, do they? Go ahead. Intelligence... But because of the route that they took, uh, out of an abundance of caution, we want to make sure that we have the ability to examine what these things are and potentially what they were doing. So what did he say? Nothing. He's a mealy mouth. 
He's a melly mouth, I should say, like the head of the Joint Chiefs. What did he say? Say anything. Then there's John Kirby. They brought him over to the White House. Here's a white guy. At least the rumor is he's straight. A straight white guy who's stepping all over the lesbian black lady. Nobody's offended by that. No, that's okay. And don't worry. We have a new commerce, excuse me, communications director of the White House. And they keep saying that, that he's gay. And I keep saying, why do you keep telling us this stuff? Who cares? We just want people who know what the hell's going on and communicate with us. And stop with the cover-ups. And the lies. So here's John Kirby, straight white guy, I guess we should call him, shouldn't we, Mr. Producer? Because your sexuality and your skin color are very, very important, apparently. Cut six, go. Any of these three objects were surveilling. We couldn't rule that out. And so there, you know, you, you want to err on the side of safety here in terms of protecting our national security interests and the fact that these objects uh, could have and, uh, and likely did at some point in their path uh, transit over, you know, potential military sites of ours or sensitive sites. That's interesting. That's not what Austin said, is it? So we don't know what they're actually doing, what they're actually collecting. He said we had to shoot them down because they're in threatening commercial flights. Kirby just said three objects were surveilling, we couldn't rule out, and so, you know, you wanted the air on the side of safety in terms of protecting our national security. So Kirby says we're protecting the national security. Austin says we're protecting commercial air flights. Cut seven, go. When it comes to these higher altitudes, are America's borders secure? The president uh, takes, uh, as I said earlier, he takes... Uh, we don't care what he takes seriously. The only thing he takes seriously is his ice cream cones. That's not the question, what the president takes seriously or not. That wasn't the question. The question is, are our skies secure? Go. National security, uh, extremely seriously. He has no higher responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. And I don't think you need to look any further, quite frankly, than the decisions he's made in just the last week to 10 days. So uh, don't look any further. We've had these things in the air. They can't describe what three of them were doing. They can't describe who sent them. They can't agree on why they were shot down. And beyond that, move along. President takes it seriously. The way he takes classified documents seriously. The way he takes securing the border seriously. The way he takes seriously his big lie about cutting Social Security and, and uh, Medicare. Oh, we know what he takes seriously. Nothing. Cut eight, go. You said a moment ago that there's uh, no knowledge of a, a U.S. balloon or other craft over Chinese territory. Just being cognizant of the fact that China has a different definition of what their territory is than the United States. Is there oh, come any... on. Now we have the idiot reporters. Just be, uh, you know, the cognizant of the fact the Chinese have a different take on what's their territory. Who cares if they have a different take? They don't own the South China Sea. They don't own the East China Sea. They don't own the islands off of Japan. They don't own Taiwan. What are you talking about, you moron reporter? 
Oh, can't wait for this. Go ahead. Aircraft over Taiwan, over uh, the South China Sea, that that would would fit into that. There is no U.S. surveillance uh, aircraft uh, over Chinese uh, in Chinese airspace. Okay, even Chinese claimed airspace. There is no U.S. surveillance aircraft in Chinese airspace. And I don't blame him for answering that way, because the reporter, you would have thought he's working for uh, communist China state media. I'm surprised because normally they're working for Marxist Biden administration state media. Jean Pierre at the White House briefing today. Are they UFOs? You know, the guy that, that runs NORAD said it could be UFOs. That's how stupid they think you are. That's how stupid they think you are. Could be UFOs? Cut nine, go. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is They're no They're laughing. Indi- but that's what the NORAD guy said. They can laugh all they want. This is the crap they're throwing out there and hoping something sticks. Go ahead or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Well, why don't you tell your guy to cut it out then? Michael McCall is the chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. And uh, he's on Deface the Nation. I don't know why these guys are going on Deface the Nation and Meet the Depressed and the other one. I don't have any idea, because they have no ratings and they're utterly hostile. But here's what he had to say. Cut 10, go. Well, it's certainly the right move. Uh, It will be one of my number one priorities as the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee uh, in this Congress to stop the export of technology to China that then goes into their most advanced weapon systems. In this case, a sophisticated spy balloon that went across three uh, nuclear sites, I think it's important to say, uh, in plain view of the American people. You know, in Montana, the Triad site, air, land, and sea nuclear weapons in Omaha, uh, this spy balloon went over uh, our strategic command, which is our most sensitive nuclear site. It was so sensitive that President Bush was taken there after 9-11. And then finally, Missouri, the B-2 bomber, uh, that's where they are uh, placed. It did a lot of damage. And I think the fact is, whether it be the hypersonic weapon they've made that circled the world and landed with precision to the spy balloon, we have to stop selling them the very technology that they they use in their most advanced weapon systems that they can't turn against us. Can I ask you a question, America? Why would this guy say where our B-2 bombers are? In Missouri. Why would he say that? Now, maybe the enemy knows or not, but why would he say that on national television? Do you think that's smart, Mr. Producer? What? what? I, and I, I don't think I'm that sophisticated when it comes to this stuff, but when people are penetrating our sovereign airspace, 
And we have all the sophisticated technology and equipment. We have our satellites. We can, we can pinpoint things. We have GPS systems and advanced radar systems. And everything's not based in the United States. This is why we have other bases. Aren't we monitoring what's coming out of China? Whether it's by balloon or missile or something else, of course we are. Or Iran, or North Korea, or Russia, or whatever. Yes, of course we are. Then why are these guys like the uh, Keystone Cops? And why is McCall talking about where our B-2 bombers are based? Unless it's been in some paper lately. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, we can learn a lesson about how difficult it is to truly change the swamp, if you will, or the administrative state, if you will, or the ruling class. They're dug in. They have a gloating and reliable media and it's a huge problem that's why they went after Reagan that's why they went after Trump that's why they would never go after a Romney and the others I mean they'd smack them around pretty good but they really have no desire to put them in jail or impeach them or that sort of thing this is a very very important lesson that we can see playing out right now in the state of Israel that is absolutely relevant to our own country. Virtually, not completely, but virtually everything I've written and talked to you about is about how we get our country back, right? How do we embrace the values, the principles that created the greatest nation on the face of the earth? We're now told they're too old, or they're racists, or they're slave, whatever. And they say these things, not because they can turn the clock back, but because they want to destroy the country. They want to eliminate patriotism. They want to replace capitalism with socialism. They want to replace liberty with Marxism. That's what they're about. Anything that goes, pulling down monuments. But notice they don't ever trash the name of the Democrat Party. And yet the Democrat Party's been behind it all. Now that aside, what am I talking about? 
we talk about the need to fundamentally alter the size of the federal government, the politicization of the federal government, in some cases the, the nature of the police state that's growing in the federal government, how it treats individuals like us, conservatives, people of faith, how it treats people who simply don't want to go along with their agenda. How it treats people based a hundred years ago on whether they're black and today on whether they're white or Asian. We want nothing to do with that. So we want to get back to basics. We want to get back to separation of powers, right? Three branches of government. Judges rule on the law. They don't impose their activist agenda. Prosecutors who try to do justice rather than try and screw over the Republican Party and their nominees and, and pro-life advocates and so forth and so on. We want an executive branch that doesn't legislate through executive orders. We want an executive branch that upholds the laws that are passed by Congress. We want Congress to act within the limits of Article 1. Not to get into our faces with every kind of bureaucracy that they can possibly create, which issues every kind of rule you can possibly imagine. We don't live under a constitution that would be recognized by the founders. We don't live under a constitution that would be recognized 50 years ago. Well, the state of Israel is not as old as the United States. And the United States is not nearly as old as Rome was. The great Roman Empire that conquered everything in its path. Egypt, with 3,000 years of history, the Romans conquered Egypt. They conquered Persia. They conquered the British. Or England at the time. They were everywhere. They were powerful. And they destroyed themselves. Depending on how you count, give or take, about a thousand years the Roman Empire lived. We're not even sure if we can get the 300 years. The state of Israel is a very young country. It's a very young country. It's not even 80 years old yet. The state of Israel was founded by by Zionists. By Jews who wanted their homeland back. They've been pushed out of their homeland by one empire after another, including the Romans. Their lands have been taken by Persians, by Romans, by Babylonians. Every sect of of Arabs that you can imagine, the last of which were the so-called self-appointed Palestinians. Even today, when the Israelis are trying to take back some of those areas that have always belonged to them. 
as the indigenous peoples, the Biden administration objects. Doesn't Biden have his hands full with our country, as my wife Julie said? Shouldn't he be busy focusing on our country, where he's destroying our our institutions and our system and our culture? And why is it that he thinks that he can reach into an elected parliamentary democracy and tell them what to do? Do they do that with any other country on the face of the earth? No. But that's not why I'm bringing this up. Benjamin Netanyahu is the longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel. But the first real conservative to get elected as prime minister was Menachem Begin, as part of the Likud party. What's been happening since Begin's victory is that the conservatives win more often than not. But the country was founded, I should say the government was set up by mostly European socialists. Jewish European socialists. And they never expected the riffraff, you know, like us, the riffraff. They never expected that that riffraff would win elections. Conservatives. Like a Begin or Netanyahu. They've been trying to put Netanyahu in prison for three or four years now. And so desperate are they to stop this man that the opposition parties, the, the leftist radical parties, made alliances with the Arab parties that don't even support the existence of Israel. For the first time in Israel's, since Israel's founding. So they have another election and Netanyahu and his party and the alliance wins big. And it includes the Zionist parties, the religious parties, Likud, the Conservative Party, and that's the way it works. you got to sort of build these coalitions. So immediately, the Netanyahu coalition comes under attack. Too many religious parties. But they won elections too. Doesn't matter. Too many religious parties. And the press in Israel's radical left just imagine every outlet in Israel being like CNN or MSNBC. They don't have a Fox News in Israel. And all their radio licenses are completely controlled by the government. And you might say, so are ours. I know, but they're controlled in a way where we at least have a modicum of free speech and competition of ideas, where we conservatives really do have a, uh, a big leg up. Not because of government, of course, because they come at us all the time, but because of what's between our ears and because of your interest. doesn't work that way in Israel. As I said, I told you who the elites were who set up the government. Well, what's happened since around 1992 is the judiciary in the state of Israel has taken control of all three branches of government. The Knesset, their equivalent of a parliament or Congress. The executive. And of course the judiciary. But they have no constitution in Israel. 
They have these laws that they call basic laws. These basic laws are set up. And so they treat these basic laws as akin to the core laws of the country. How did that come about? Well, they just decided to do it. Now, in interpreting these laws, the Supreme Court of Israel, which is made up, I think, of 15 people, but they're all virtually identical ideologically, because the way they're chosen, a majority of the committee that chooses nominees or individuals, I should say, for the court, are of the court. The justices themselves have two seats, then the official legal bar has three seats, and that might include former justices, so they have five, and they have control, and they appoint like-minded individuals. So Netanyahu doesn't make a choice, the Knesset is not involved, the elected branches have effectively no say. So what the court's been doing for the last 30 years or so is taking over decision-making for the country. You realize this court has made decisions about battlefield plans? This court has made decisions about religious issues? This court has made decisions about economic issues? There are no standing requirements. Anybody can file a complaint. Anybody can be a plaintiff, if you will, and sue any aspect of the government. And they get thousands and thousands of these, and the court can decide any issue because you're not required to have standing. So you have all these left-wing groups and left-wing lawyers bringing case after case after case in front of a court that shares their views. Now, typically, it's not the whole court. They break them into like three panel, you know, a panel of three and so forth. They make a decision, and it's unappealable, and that's it. This Supreme Court has also overturned laws passed by the Knesset time and time and time again based on a standard that it created out of whole cloth. You know what the standard is, Mr. Producer? Reasonableness. It's not reasonable to us that you folks who got elected to your Congress, to your Parliament, made that decision. So we're going to throw it out. We're going to overturn it. And they don't just always throw things out and overturn them. Sometimes they effectively rewrite them. Now this has been going on for 30 years. It's moved hard left. There's not another court system in any free country, democracy, republic, that operates this way. Not one. Because you're not a free country anymore. So they now have tens of thousands of people marching in the streets. Because the opposition parties see this as an opportunity to knock out Netanyahu and the conservatives. They're being pushed by, among others, the chief justice of the Supreme Court and the former chief justice of the Supreme Court. Name's Barack. Who concocted this entire model, this entire radical ideology a judicial oligarchy if you will or judicial tyranny and so the the left wing parties have pushed out their people so you'll see marching in a small country of 400,000 people or 50,000 people 
And the media go, look at this, the people don't want this. Well, the people don't want is what the court has done because they elected this government. So they have a number of proposals in here. Some are more prioritized than others. But that this committee should be a majority represented not by the court, but by others, including the Knesset. They have an attorney general in Israel that doesn't function, well, in some ways, I guess, with Merrick Garland being a dictator, but that doesn't answer to anybody. Can you imagine having an attorney general of the United States who selects the top lawyers for every department in the United States? And that those lawyers do not answer to the secretary of this cabinet or that cabinet. Those lawyers must answer to the attorney general who tells them what to tell everybody else on every issue of legal consequence. The attorney general decided that one of the people that Netanyahu put in his cabinet couldn't serve. So he had to remove the cabinet member. So in addition to the Supreme Court of Israel, the Attorney General who's not elected, another top bureaucrat, decides all consequential legal issues for the entire government. For the entire government. Imagine that kind of power in the hands of a bureaucrat. So you have the unelected elements of this, this bizarre system set up by socialists, the government. You have unelected elements making all the decisions that they choose to make. Telling the prime minister, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. You can't appoint that guy. And by the way, we're investigating you. Telling the Knesset, no, you can't pass that law. You don't have the authority telling generals, no, 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 you can't send those guys out into the field and making strategic decisions and all the rest of it. So Netanyahu says, okay, enough. You had 30 years of this. We want to get back to balance, similar to what we were before you did this. And this is what all the protesting is about. Because the European socialists who founded this kind of government, all the left-wing supporters, they are trying to topple this elected administration, and they want to hold on to all the power they can because they are the ruling class. What does this Israel stuff have to do with the United States? Everything. When we take on the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the American Stasi, when we take on their prosecutors, when we take on the Department of Injustice, when we take on the Department of Homeland Security and all the rest of the alphabet soup, we demand federal judges who are going to be judges and not radical left advocates with black robes when we reject judicial tyranny. When we insist that Congress live within our means rather than spending the future money of our children and grandchildren and generations yet born, we're going to be up against it. We're going to be up against the media. We're going to be up against the special interests. We're going to be up against all of those who are on the dole. We're going to be up against it. So I just want you to understand what's playing out in the state of Israel is going to play out here. If we can get to the point, we really are effectively pushing back. Mark Levin. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. 
The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. We're going to do this virtually every night for the next few weeks, just to remind people who come and go where Joe Biden stands on Social Security and Medicare. I wouldn't normally do this. But since he's a pathological liar, and the corrupt media collectively are pathological liars along with him, and they keep trying to scare you seniors there. I guess I'm one now that they're going to cut Social Security and Medicare, which does need an overhaul. But that's for another day. Cut, he said. And Mitch McConnell took the opportunity to try and take out Rick Scott. His buddy Biden goes without without an attack by McConnell, of course. Just a reminder, 1995 Senator Joe Biden. Go. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Yeah, Joe's a little slow. So the question is this then. Why is he going out there and accusing the Republican Party of doing what he did. And then trying to condemn them. Because he's a chameleon. He's sleazy. He is a street politician with a very low IQ. That's what he is. And he's in constant cover-up mode. Whether it's these things in the sky where he won't give a speech to the American people. Can you think of another president where we've now shot down four objects who goes mum? Who goes mum? Can you think of a, of a president who's essentially mum when it comes to this massive derailment in Ohio and the, and the environmental disaster that that has caused? Oh, now they're starting to speak, but they're always too little, too late. They have to be dragged into these arguments. Or fentanyl. You think of a president who won't even talk much about fentanyl, which he, in so many respects, is responsible for? All 50 states now have, have ties to drug cartels from Mexico in their states. Every major metropolitan area. That wasn't the case two years ago. Pretty amazing, don't you think? And let's look at inflation. There's a reason why Biden didn't talk about inflation today. The spokes idiot didn't talk about inflation today. The other spokes idiot didn't talk about inflation today. There's a reason why the media really haven't covered this today. Because it's a disaster. CNBC inflation rose half a percent in January, more than expected, and up 6.4% from a year ago. Jeff Cox, 
The CPI Consumer Price Index was up 6.4% from the same period in 2022. Both numbers, the Consumer Price Index, higher than expected. Across the board increases in shelter, food, and energy. How many of you need shelter, food, and energy? They boosted the index after inflation and showed signs of receding in recent months. Yeah, you know, if you include food and energy and your house or your apartment, you know, other than that, we're doing okay. Super core services inflation, which is key for the Fed and excludes food, energy, and shelter, wrote 0.2% for the month and was 4% higher than a year ago. Inflation turned higher to start 2023. Rising shelter, gas, and fuel prices took their toll on consumers, the late Department, Labor Department reported. The Consumer Price Index measures a broad basket of common goods and services, half a percent it rose in January. Annual rate is 6.4% inflation. I remember when we had no inflation. None. Rising shelter costs accounted for about half the monthly increase, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported. That component accounts for more than one-third of the index and rose 0.7% on the month, up 7.9% from a year ago. Now, 0.7% on the month. 0.7% on the month means almost 10% for the year. Energy also was a significant contributor. Gee, I wonder why. Who's destroying our energy independence? Up 2%, an 8.7% same time last year. Food costs rose 10.1% compared to last year. Rising prices means a loss in real pay for workers. Average hourly earnings fell 0.2% for the month and were down 1.8% from a year ago. So the point of that is, even if you're getting a salary increase, even if you're in areas where the minimum wage is going up, inflation is outpacing your increase. Inflation is still a force in the U.S. economy, in danger of slipping into recession this year, they say. That has come despite the Federal Reserve efforts to quell the problem. The central bank has hiked its benchmark interest rate eight times since March 2022 as inflation rose to its highest level in 41 years last summer. So Biden inherits an economy with the lowest inflation in history, probably, certainly in modern times, and then increases it to the highest level in over four decades. And of course, he's not talking about it. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has talked about disinflationary forces at play, but January's numbers show the central bank probably still has work to do, and so forth. The next big data point will be retail sales, which hits tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern. Economists surveyed by the Dow expect the figure, which is not adjusted for inflation, will show that sales rose 1.9% in January from the prior month. That's certainly what they're hoping. Widespread belief the economy could tip into at least a shallow recession later this year, early 2023. 
and it goes on. So uh, that's what the Inflation Reduction Act did. It increased inflation. That's what the Infrastructure Act did. By the way, is anybody seeing any infrastructure building that wasn't already going on prior to the passage of the infrastructure bill? I haven't seen any. Have you seen any where you live, Mr. Producer? I haven't seen a new shovel go into the ground. Mr. Producer hasn't. He's in New York. How about Mr. Call Screener? He's in New Jersey. Has he seen anything new? Nothing. I haven't seen anything new in Virginia, and I haven't seen anything new in Florida. But don't worry, they, they spent a trillion dollars in infrastructure with the help of Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham's out there working with the Democrats for uh, amnesty for two million people. I've about had it with that guy, to be honest with you. It's enough already with the rhinos. So the truth is the economy sucks. That's the truth. Regardless of what anybody else tells you, that's the truth. I want to get into a few other issues here. Like, not only does Biden not talk about these things that violated our own sovereignty, our airspace, as well as Canada's. But apparently there was a briefing of the senators, maybe some House members as well today. Tom Cotton came out of there and said, I was told basically everything I read in the newspaper, everything we already knew. Even a Democrat came out of there. Denang Dick from, uh, from Connecticut. And he looked more befuddled than usually. And he usually looks befuddled. And even he was saying, well, we didn't learn a hell of a lot. But unfortunately, we are learning a lot, and so is the enemy. We're the most sophisticated jet fighters on the face of the earth. With the most sophisticated technology, honing systems, radar systems. The F-16 fighter jet set to shoot down the aerial object over Lake Hurand, in Michigan, this weekend, missed with its first missile. Excuse me? The damn thing is floating. I could hit it with a BB rifle. He missed it. Or she missed it with the first shot, the first missile. Confirms the head of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley. He missed it? It's whether the missile mischanges how the U.S. may go about downing the next aerial object over its territory. Milley said officials go to great lengths to make sure that the airspace is clear and the backdrop is clear to maximum effective range of the missile. He added that the missile landed harmlessly in the water of Lake Huron. It was later tracked. That's not the issue! If we can't hit a friggin' Derringer, whatever the hell it is, how are we going to hit another jet, you idiot? First of the three newer objects, which was shot down from 40,000 feet over Alaska on Friday, was hit after President Biden gave the order. Oh, yeah, he's giving orders. He gave the order on a Wednesday. They shot it down on a Friday. What did they, uh, he sent a honing pigeon? What did he do? Sent it by uh, regular first-class mail? Please shoot down. The second was brought down on Saturday in northern Canada after Prime Minister Trudeau 
greenlit the mission and Biden authorized fighter jets to fly into Canada. Guess they don't have any jets left in Canada. The third object, initially labeled an unidentified aircraft, was down Sunday over Lake Huron after initially being spotted Saturday in Montana. Look at that, Phyllis. Look in the sky. And we got all these radar systems, and it takes Frank and Phyllis to see the damn thing. We don't know where it came from. What do you mean you don't know where it came from? Don't you have eyes on the enemy? The White House said the uncertainty of the surveillance capabilities of the three objects led Biden's orders for the military to shoot them all down. Those of you planning to take air balloons over the week, I I don't recommend it right now. In other words, apparently because we can't track or shoot down spy balloons or these other objects, we can't figure out where they're coming from. The order is just shoot everything down. And that the administration will establish an interagency team to look into unidentified objects in U.S. airspace. Now, the objects are identified, just too late. While the U.S. government's currently pulling parts of the Chinese spy balloon from the Atlantic Ocean, Milley said it will be difficult to recover the three recently downed objects as they have all fallen into very difficult terrain. The second one off the coast of Alaska. Really, really difficult terrain in the Arctic Circle. So have very, very low temperatures in the minus 40s. The second one's in the Canadian Rockies and the Yukon. Very difficult to get that one. And the third one is in Lake Huron at probably a couple hundred feet deep. We'll get them eventually, but it's going to take some time to recover those. Really? Your ass is fired. And it's a big ass. Your, your big ass is fired, Millie. Now, where did they come from? <laughs> what were they? <laughs> It's just, it's just, we are being let down, as I say over and over again, by this ruling class. It is incompetent. It is a radical left-wing ruling class. These agencies and these departments are used to empower these agencies and departments. They're used to empower the Democrat Party and their radical agenda. They're used to leak information to a corrupt media that in turn embraces, celebrates, emboldens the radical left. But we have things in the sky that they can't even describe, that they don't even know where they come from. With the most sophisticated equipment on the face of the earth. There's only one positive thing I can think of coming out of this, Mr. Producer. Maybe the Chinese won't steal as much because they're going, geez, if they can't figure out it's a balloon, maybe we don't need that particular technology. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. There's a lot going on in the country. There's a lot going on with the economy. There's a lot going on on the border. There's a lot going on with our foreign enemies. There's a lot going on with the undermining of our allies. 
There's a lot going on with critical race theory and the sexualizing of our children. There's a lot going on in this country. But above all else, step by step by step, your civil liberties are being destroyed. You may not feel it today, but you can see it. You can see it. And the media are ignoring it. Professors in law schools are ignoring it. Commentators are ignoring it. Because it requires it requires some focused attention and analysis. But it is out of control already. What did Joe DeGeneva, Victoria Tonsing, John Eastman, Rudy Giuliani, another lawyer by the name of Corcoran, what do they all have in common? They're all conservatives. They're all Republicans. They're all people of high integrity and ethics. They're individuals with remarkable careers and reputations. And the federal government's trying to destroy them. And they're not alone. The federal government is trying to destroy all these lawyers. They're trying to disbar some of them. They're trying to ruin them. What's the purpose of a lawyer? What's the purpose of having a lawyer? Does anybody know? So you can be represented. Particularly when the case involves the Constitution, you can be represented and protected. Your unalienable rights. What are the Bill of Rights about? They're about your unalienable rights. The Constitution doesn't place limitations on you. It places limitations on them, the government, and the power of the government. The framers of the Constitution wanted an orderly society. But they wanted to contain the power of government because... They were abused by government. They fought a hostile government. So they created separation of powers. So they created under each article very specific powers that each branch would have and the government generally. They were specific about the federal powers and all the rest of the powers were to be left to the states. There's not a single word in there about the massive administrative state that exists today. Not a word in there about U.S. attorneys and the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Department of Justice. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. The Constitution is trying to protect your liberty, your sovereignty. The circle of liberty around you, as Tocqueville put it that the government may not penetrate in order to prevent the government from molesting you. The Declaration of Independence is the most 
concise statement of why we, we have this country. To protect the individual, your unalienable rights. That no government, no government can take. They're God-given. They're God-given rights. We've come a far way, haven't we? From the Declaration, and a far way from respecting the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, which reflects so much of what's in the Declaration, particularly the Ninth Amendment. First Amendment's under constant attack. Your free speech, your freedom of association, your freedom to exercise your faith. Second Amendment's under constant attack. Your right to have arms to protect yourself, including from a an illegitimate government, if necessary. Your Fourth Amendment rights, due process. Your Fifth Amendment rights. Sixth, seventh, eighth, which we never talk about. Your Ninth Amendment rights. And the Ninth Amendment recognizes you're born with unalienable rights. And of course, the Tenth Amendment, which underscores the point that the government, the central government that they created, that the states created, is limited. And the power belongs to the states. Well, obviously, that's been turned on its head. This issue with lawyers is very, very important. The government has thousands and thousands of lawyers, including prosecutors. Prosecutors in 93 offices of United States attorneys. Prosecutors in offices at the Maine Justice Department in Washington, D.C. They're everywhere. And that's just the feds. I'm not even talking about state and county. They have enormous power because they have unlimited resources. The investigative and prosecutorial process alone can destroy somebody, even if they're 100% innocent. It can destroy somebody's reputation. It can destroy somebody's life. It can destroy their family. It can force them to sell their homes can destroy their businesses. Just the fact, the existence of an investigation. Awful lot of authority is placed in these these prosecutors in their offices to uphold the Constitution, even though they are not constitutionally created. And so if you get prosecutors who are rogue, who are out of control, and yet self-righteous. You get prosecutors who hide behind the curtain when they do their work, or leak to the media about what they're doing. When you get prosecutors who are looking to twist the rules of evidence, to twist courtroom proceedings, to twist the law, and to do so in a jurisdiction, yes, I should say venue, more accurate, 
where they know that the people they're investigating and the people that they're targeting have no chance at a free a fair trial like Washington DC or any major city when it comes to a most Republicans and certainly Trump supporters or Trump himself then the Constitution's violated so where do you go to fix this well that's what judges are for but what if the judges of the same mindset. And they have no intention of putting a prosecutor in his or her place. Or they won't allow for the changing of venue. What do you do then? You have no recourse. There is no recourse. It's over. Your life is over. That's why this is so important. And if this can be done to powerful people, if this can be done to famous people, if this can be done to people with fantastic reputations in the law, it can be done to anybody. And it is. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. What's the purpose of due process? Why out of all the things the framers of the Constitution after the Constitution was adopted and ratified they go back and they add the Bill of Rights. Why of all the things that they include due process rights? Of all things, why is it so crucially important? Do you have a right to counsel? Because you need to have somebody with some kind of expertise in the law, particularly the criminal law and how the courts work and the grand juries work and all the rest, so you can confide in that person so you have a shot at defending yourself against an all-powerful federal government. What's the purpose of attorney-client privilege? Well, if you can't talk to your lawyer and be honest with your lawyer about your situation, be honest with your lawyer about what you may have done or may not have done, be honest with your lawyer about what you think should be done and his representation of you and on and on and on, then you cannot possibly have the effective representation of counsel. When's the last time a federal prosecutor had to reveal discussions, work product, confidentialities created during the course of their prosecutions? I can't think of a single time. If they are, they're extremely rare. Now, if you're a prosecutor and you don't have a case, what is the job of a prosecutor? Is the job of the prosecutor to seek and destroy? Is that the job of a prosecutor? No. The prosecutor on behalf of the people of the United States is supposed to do justice. Seems weird, but that's what they're supposed to do. Do justice. Not seek and destroy. Do justice. 
We have a special counsel now in Washington, D.C., specifically appointed by Merrick Garland, who did not do justice in a major case involving a former Republican governor of Virginia who read the ethics and gift laws so broadly in the state of Virginia that it was impossible for the former Republican governor to have a fair trial. It, it was impossible. And yet the federal district judge went along with the prosecutor. And so he was convicted. His reputation was destroyed. He had no money left. He took the law, did this prosecutor, and he expanded its meaning to the point where the defendant never had a shot. The case went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. There were eight justices at the time, leftists and constitutionalists, and every single one of them, that court voted unanimously one majority opinion to overturn the conviction. The bottom line is they felt that what the prosecutor did was absurd and preposterous, way out of proportion with what the, the former governor and his wife had done. Now, why would you appoint that man to be the special counsel in Donald Trump's case? Evan Corcoran is one of President Trump's lead lawyers on this document case. He's a former federal prosecutor. He had a practice in Baltimore. Uh, he has a stellar reputation. I've never talked to him. I've never met him. I've never communicated with him, but I've looked up his background. He was yanked in front of this grand jury a little bit ago. I touched on it the other day. He asserted attorney-client privilege. And when the prosecutor, Jack Smith, kept trying to pierce the attorney-client privilege veil. Smith has now gone to a federal judge in the District of Columbia, a federal judge who was appointed by Barack Obama, and uh, a federal judge who oversaw the Mueller investigation and their various motions to get her to agree to what's called the crime fraud exception, which would, quote-unquote, allow the government to go behind the attorney-client privilege principle and get notes and information and testimony from President Trump's lawyer. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best the best of Mark Levin. You know, Mr. Producer's not going to like this. We have at least six audio clips of Joe Biden's comments today. And he says nothing. Nothing useful. So why play them? You mad about that, Mr. Producer? You still get paid, that's true. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these. And I'm thinking, um, he says here, let's see, 
We shot down objects head of the sky because we couldn't rule out surveillance. We don't know what the objects were over the U.S., but nothing suggests China. No evidence of an increase in objects in the sky. We put restrictions on six firms that support China aerospace program. We're not looking for a new Cold War. There is one, you idiot, whether you're looking for it or not. I make no apologies for taking that balloon. You should make apologies. You waited too long. And uh, let's see. It's pretty much it, except for this one. Let's get cut nine ready. Go ahead. Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism. Mr. President, there has been criticism that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. You come my office and ask the question. We have more polite people. More polite people. You mean like you calling half the country names constantly? Is your relationship with China compromised by your family's business relationships in China? And then you can hear another reporter shouting over that reporter because, you know, I'm sure they're with the New York Times or the Washington Post. They don't want they don't want an answer to that. Quite. Give me a break, man. Give me a break. Give me a break, man. And he tells Peter Alexander, one of the phony journalists, you can come by my office and ask that question when we have more polite people. I guess he's not used to Jim Acosta, who's not there yelling in his face like he was with with Donald Trump, how rude the media were with him, or for Reagan, that matter. This guy doesn't know where rude is. He can give it, but he can't take it. Much like the rest of the left. So that was it. Nothing else worthwhile. But I do have some information for you. And this is thanks to our friends at the Daily Caller. The Communist Chinese are not only cracking down on the Tibetans, as they have for decades, and they're sending Chinese into the Tibetan areas to intermarriage, for intermarriage, to have children to destroy that culture and that race altogether. They're not only rounding up Uyghurs, two million so far, and putting them in concentration camps, raping them, forced abortions, murder, torture, re-education. But now it's the turn of the Christian faith, Christians. They're turning up the boiling water on them. The Chinese government cracked down on Christians in 2022, and they run up to the 20th Party Congress, a report from China Aid reveals, you haven't heard this on a single program this evening, I'll bet. Not one news program. None. And what we monitor here is when they do cover these. And when they do finally cover them, it's usually a day or two after this program because they're almost embarrassed. Those that can be embarrassed. The Chinese Communist Party now requires, listen to this, for Chinese churches to actively promote the party's ideology from the pulpit and censors, fines, and even imprisons Christians who fail to toe the line, according to the report. Not only should they submit to the party's demands, but they must also actively support socialism. Jonathan Dingler, a spokesman for China Aid, who worked on the report, told the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you think? 
They reportedly employed a range of new methods to persecute Chinese Christians last year, including fabricating charges of fraud, as well as criminalizing the legal international travel of church leaders. The report states China's crackdown on Christianity reportedly intensified in the run-up to the CCP's 20th Party Congress in October 2020, during which time Xi Jinping secured a third term as the commander of the Communist Nation's supreme leader, according to China Aid. Xi Jinping and the Communist Party did all they could to silence Christians leading up to the 20th National Congress. Christians account for approximately 5% of China's religious community, according to CIA World Facebook, excuse me, Factbook. Catholics number about 10 million. Protestants account for the majority of China's Christian community, with approximately 38 million followers as of 2020, reports The Economist. The CCP's crackdown leading up to the 20th Party Congress, the tone shifted within the state-sanctioned churches, which then began treating Xi as if he were the leader of the church. In other words, as if he were Jesus Christ. China Aid identified a March 2022 paper entitled Adhering to the Sinization of Religion in China, published by the United Front Work Department as the political motivation behind the crackdown on Christianity. It is a Chinese government entity charged with extending the CCP's influence and control over non-party organizations, both domestically and abroad, to advance the Communist Party's policy objectives. March 2022, the paper reportedly emphasized promoting the the cynicization of religion, in other words, incorporating into the communist Chinese ideology. Adhering to the orientation of the core socialist values, submerging all religious beliefs in Chinese culture to better adapt religion to China's socialist society, Marxist society, and what they call the new era of socialism with Chinese characteristics. So basically, they're devouring the Christian faith. They're devouring the Christian faith in China. And China's state-sanctioned churches must now actively promote Xi's thoughts, quote, from the pulpit, unquote. So now Xi, Xi is to be treated as a god. And practice means the churches which don't flat out fall at Xi's feet and worship him are considered inciting subversion of state power. Churches were reportedly even converted into political propaganda centers in order to broadcast Xi's speech during the 20th Party Congress in October 2022. Likewise, churches in Gizon and other provinces were also reportedly repurposed to hold study sessions on the Communist Chinese Party and their policies, such as, quote, reinforcing management of religion on all fronts, 10 prohibitions and 10 must-not-dos. The Chinese government also increasingly persecuted Christians online in 2022, censoring words like Jesus, Savior, and Amen on the Chinese social media platform WeChat. At the same time, the Chinese government also shut down 
church websites, and Christian social media accounts. Congregants can't even give to their churches online anymore, thanks to new regulations, Dingler said. They want to break down house churches even further, hoping they will finally give in and submit. But they don't even know the full extent of Communist China's crackdown on these Christian churches. China A does not have a truly accurate sense of how many Christians are affected by persecution, whether that be imprisonment or forced disappearance, he said. Throughout the years, it's been harder and harder to get a clear number because so many churches are afraid to share their, their, life, their lived persecution experience with us due to the Communist Chinese Party. Seeing the cases that come in day by day, I can't say I blame them, he said. The Chinese embassy didn't respond. So there you have it. The Christians are being brutalized, and I mean brutalized now in China as a matter of systemic policy. You've heard nothing from the White House who knows more than we do. I've seen nothing in the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost... I haven't heard this reported at all today. And this is right there in the Daily Caller. It's there for everyone to see. That's why people despise these news platforms. Because you don't get news, you get propaganda. Propaganda. 